Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a tech entrepreneur from Switzerland, Mr. Frank Millet. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you. Frank is the CEO and founder of secondworld.ch, which is a chain of virtual reality centers in Switzerland. Uh, and he is a virtual reality expert. So Frank, today let's talk about the second world and virtual reality and the metaverse. Tell me a little bit about second world. Well, the, uh, the initial idea was to do a, a gaming center for people to have fun, basically. That was four years ago. Right. And we started doing just that. And soon we had families coming in and then team buildings uh, happening. So we thought, maybe we should use VR for something else than pure gaming. This is where other ideas emerged. Okay. And you mentioned the metaverse. No, we come to, cool I'll come thing. to the metaverse. I'll come to the metaverse. So right. tell me, how do you define virtual reality? Well, the, um, it's a very, very old concept in a way. In, in a way, VR is, if I use my own words, is any system that makes you think that you're not where you are physically. Okay. And, so it could uh, be a lot of things. Uh, and can you give us some examples of virtual reality that you are using in your centers? Well, for us, of course, since uh, maybe seven, eight years now, we got equipment that are capable of emerging, immersing people even more. Mm -hmm. So we are typically using headsets. Um, I got one here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can't what, see is this? what is this headset background. called? Well, we got, I got a Pico Neo 3, and this is a Quest 2, and we got HTC Vives uh -huh. uh, in, the, in the room. Um, the, there are a lot of different uh, headsets that we are trying all the time to get the best uh, solution. Wonderful. So uh, I'm assuming that a lot of this gaming is happening in the metaverse. Is that right? Well, that's the... Uh, uh, that's the buzzword metaverse at the moment, but we, we started uh, and the second branch of the, the brand called VR for Business, mm -hmm. which is purely business related three years ago, mm -hmm. where we're doing training and, uh, and um, onboarding and uh, 3D, let's say 3D worlds yeah. in a different uh, setup. Mm -hmm. And in a way, uh, this is where metaverse has come up uh, a few months ago and just highlighted what we were doing since uh, right. three years. Correct. So we're using a lot of these indeed. Mm -hmm. So Frank, uh, for my viewers and listeners, can you help me understand what do average people use virtual reality for? Um, well, define average people. <laughs> Common human beings. I mean, average citizens of Switzerland. Okay, so let's take me then. I'm the average uh, person in Switzerland. Okay. What I think, I'm not because I'm living with headsets in my living rooms, but let's say um, I think for now we can assume most of the usage is gaming mm -hmm. in Switzerland. Okay. Um, I'm always asking the question when I have executive MBAs, B2B people in the room, and even them, they have 10% of uh, usage so out of 100 population, 10 have already used the headset for more than one hour. Mm. So I'd say for the moment, they're more having fun. 
And then since the metaverse eruption, let's say, we see a lot of companies turning to us, trying to figure out how to use VR for more than that, be it remote conference, uh, you know, events and training. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, gaming has now become very, very large. Uh, you know, the many, many unicorns have come from different countries, including several from India. While I understand that the gaming has a lot of great opportunities, what are some of the challenges? Well, the first challenge, which has somehow disappeared with the metaverse thingy, is that we uh, gaming was supposed to be for fun. You know, it's just like, oh, people playing in a corner. Whereas, of course, there was a lot of serious gaming already being used, but now it has taken a different dimension. Mm -hmm. So the first challenge is to overcome the perception that gaming is just for fun. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. Um, it's been proven many times. It's um, an educational purposes. It's also helping intelligence to grow. And it's also a training means. Um, if you can ask any teen, for instance, to um, give you the crafting recipes in Minecraft, with 50 ingredients, he knows them by heart. Mm. So if he can learn this with 50 ingredients, then you can also tell him chemistry. So, you know, don't do a, a sword uh -huh. with stone, just do, you know, the, uh, just do a component that is not existing on the classification mm. element, on the class classification chart. Mm. And then he will be able to do it because he, he can retain this through Minecraft gaming. So the first challenge is this, and it, I think it can be easily overcome if we look serious enough in the presentation purpose. Wonderful. The other thing that, Frank, I've often wondered, you know, people who are, you know, using uh, platforms for gaming, uh, most people are very fickle. They keep moving from one game to the other. Mm -hmm. How does one build loyalty for a game? Um, there are, I think, two ways. Mm -hmm. One is have a good game. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I've been playing a, go a game called Clash of Clans for nine years. Um, and the population here is very stable. They've got, I think, 75 million of users mm -hmm. simply because the game is good, well-balanced, has no bug. Mm -hmm. So that's one recipe. And there's not many of them doing that, honestly. That's why they die so quickly. Right. The second is build, uh, but it's not a... There are many ways to do it, but you can be, be the lock-in mm -hmm. in a way that you will not give up on your avatar mm -hmm. um, or your belongings because you invested 2,000 Swiss francs during five years in the game. Okay. I, it's, it's not the best solution, but it's also a way. And we can expect this to happen or try to happen with NFTs in the metaverse, people buying stuff right. that then you have to keep playing or keep say, sticking to the platform because if not, you're going to lose your investment. Mm, very interesting. And the other part of gaming, which has always fascinated me, is how do gaming companies stay ahead of technology, which seems to be changing by the minute? It's a very, very good point you're making here, especially these days. Um, typically on, on our side here, we, we, we sampling the market and every six months, there are new platforms that we start using for building virtual tours, mm -hmm. building 3D environments, building metaverses, or simply editing videos. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for a gaming company, we see it more on the, on the VR side. We see it a lot because mm -hmm. we typically have uh, now a, sh a shift of technology. I'm taking the example of what's called free roam. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. It's um, when you, you can have um, you can move around in a in an area which can be 10 by 15 meters, for instance, mm -hmm. and have adventures there. 
when I started the company four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, one option was to use OptiTrack cameras, very expensive cameras, plenty camera of cameras at the ceiling, backpacks in the back, headsets. It's still being used now, but if you invested in that, you would spend 300K, 400K easily on an installation. Now you get almost the same because you don't have yet full body tracking with the headset I showed you and Wi-Fi 6, which costs zilch <laughs> compared to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, if you invest at the wrong moment, then that's a problem. And then we start people, we, st- we see people starting to develop the full body tracking mm-hmm. and they are embedding, let me see if I can find that anyway, in the controllers, they get the embed camera that look at you while you're playing. So, so you can see your avatar and you can create your avatar and reproduce your body movement. Mm. So that's a, that's a difficult uh, thing for gaming companies, developing especially VR experiences. If you bet on the wrong technology, then you will be obsolete very quickly. Mm. So it's, it's not an easy solution. Yeah. For the software, it's a bit easier because mm. even though they get quicker and quicker and more powerful, the software area is uh, more stable. Unreal yeah, Engine has been here for you know, since I was playing my first games, uh, more or less. So I think it's uh, it's not going to be a problem for them. But the hardware is the issue. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, you know, I, I've seen, I'm not, I'm much older, but I mean, I've play, played some games and I've seen them with a headset on. Uh, and it's played in, uh, you know, in three dimension very often, etc. Which leads me to my next question, which is on the metaverse. For my viewers and listeners from around the world, Tell me in simple language, what is the metaverse? <laughs> well, if I had the answer to that, uh, I'm going to, I, you know, I'm not too much into consulting companies, but I'm going to refer to what the elements got, that Gartner has put together. Mm. For me, there are many elements that need to be put together. One, it has to be a permanent world. Mm. Second, you have to be represented with your avatar mm. in 3D. Mm-hmm. And third, there should be a notion of let's say financial exchanges money um, and i would i would gladly add four uh, vr but it's not i don't think it's mandatory mm-hmm. in in that sense there was a lot of metaverse being existing for for nine ten years already we got mm-hmm. minecraft is one yeah. we got rec room rec room is also a very popular universe mm-hmm. in vr and in non vr as well mm-hmm. uh, using the same elements now people start to look into Another additional element, which is Web 3.0. Mm. So again, it's a lot of jargon, but if you wish, things which are metaverses, but also backed up by blockchain, mm. which means the uh, financial side of it, the financial exchange of it is using blockchain. Mm. Um, so people are calling metaverse these days anything. You know, okay. I'm having a headset, look, oh my God, this is a metaverse headset. Mm. As, as long as, you know, it, it's, a, but it's a buzzword. But mm. if you look seriously into it, I think we had metaverses for a long time. Mm. And I think what's the difficulty now is make sure that you get the real use case out of it. Very interesting. Like, and how is the gaming business going to benefit from the metaverse? Well, the first positive effect is that when I'm playing Clash of Clans in the train, people look at this middle-aged man in the, in the train and are saying, yeah. oh my God, he's like playing games. Is They are saying, wow, he must be a metaverse expert because okay. he's... he's 
is playing. Yes. So you must know about the metaverse. First element. The second is that there's a lot of um, benefits regarding 3D elements and 3D worlds that are going to grow even quicker. Mm. And this is what I like also that we can see platforms are going to soar even more. Mm. And people are having a, sorry, but having an average experience on some of the mm. metaverse platform which are pushed by marketing mm. will turn back to better platforms that are existing already in gaming say oh my god it's so much better than what we so we were sold as metaverse let's mm. do it let's play it mm. so, and for people like you and me uh, and i'm again I'm much older uh, but the, the whole world is now got very very young people what can they do with the metaverse which is beyond gaming that's i think that's the key question right and uh we um my um, motto as part of Second World and VR for Business is I want to use simple things, simple terms, and bring technology to people. Mm. So that, that's why I'm very interested in what does this mean for me as a, mm. as a person. So I give you one bad example and one good example, okay. I think. Mm. One bad example is people sticking metaverse everywhere in the hope that it's uh, attracting buzz. And there was a chain of supermarkets in France that said publicly, we are going to distribute coupons for metaverse usage as part of you know when you get rewards. Mm. So I can imagine uh, the average consumer shopping for milk and getting a metaverse coupon. What the what the hell? What I'm going to do with this? Yeah, absolutely no idea. Mm. Now, if you think now of at least two use cases which I can see emerging and, and make sense, one is the art um, element because metaverse are a way to represent um, typically galleries. We just did that for, for Davos. When you put together a gallery of uh, pictures or sculptures and you can buy it in 3D, you don't need a VR headset, you can use your Chrome headset uh, browser mm -hmm. or in VR, which is even better because you can walk in the gallery. And then you can buy the uh, sculpture or piece of art with the associated NFT, which is a certificate in a way. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, NFT is seen as a certificate that makes sure it's you on the original. I think it's a good use case. Mm. Of course, we should think of more because when you get an NFT, normally you should also get what they call utility, which okay. is, I got this piece of art. I just bought La Joconde for a piece of cake. Mm. Uh, and then I got the La Joconde in my living room. Plus, I don't know, I'm getting free trips to uh, Italy every month because that's part of my NFT utility. Mm. Mm. The second, I'd say would be related to um, um, things which are um, more brand related. Mm. If I'm selling a shoe, for instance, mm. I'm not say, quoting any brand, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I want I want an NFT to be sold together with it for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One, I make sure it's authentic when when people buy them. Second, and it's the smart thing, of course, for brands. Each time I resell it, I get a piece of the cake again. Mm. So second second hand market is mine as well. Mm. So it's very interesting, of course, for the brands in that sense. Mm. Not sure, I'm not sure it's useful for us. As no, no, it's a great example. Thank you. Them. But coming back now to Second World, you know, gamers are, must be there across all ages, from very young to very old. Yeah. How do you manage such a wide cross-section of ages with different types of games? Well, it's a very uh, relevant question, and uh, you can you cannot imagine how many moms we had coming with for birthdays, you know, with the kids, yeah. and saying, "Oh no, I'm not playing video games." And then ten minutes on, they were screaming and, and 
killing orcs with the rest of the bunch. Yeah. Um, one way to approach it is that VR gaming or VR experiences, they are not gaming experiences mm -hmm. because when you are in the headset, you don't need to learn 50 keys or whatever. You just need to reproduce what you will be doing with your normal body. You, know, you got trackers, you got controllers and so on. Mm -hmm. So there's no, let's say the, um, in a way, so it's a way to erase the, uh, the rift between younger and not so younger generations, mm -hmm. put them together. And it is valid for, I would say, for B2B people as well, not only for gaming. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have time for one more question, and I often wondered with so many gamers across the whole world, is there anything which is competition amongst gamers like the Olympics for gaming? <laughs> well, there's a lot of eSport popping up, and I, I'm not, I was not very familiar to, with this because I refused so far to look into it, but mm. uh, when I started Second World, I looked into the normal eSport. Mm -hmm. There are people making millions, and uh, teams making millions out of this most of uh, the gamers are like a third of my age probably or you know they've been <laughs> i've been uh, defeated by 14 years old in uh, in my favorite games on uh, online because they are very very quick very competitive uh, and this is something which has been existing and is reinforced now because you got sponsors you know people are real champions there Mm. which I think makes as much sense as being a football player. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's even probably, probably more skills for the, for the latter, for the gaming. Okay. Now, the, the second part, which I expect to see soon, hopefully, is the, the VR sport, which is mm -hmm. very weak at the moment, mm -hmm. growing. Um, but well, it's a very secret product, but um, we intend to be one of the first players here in, uh, in Switzerland to push for tournaments in VR. We got enough surface and traction now mm. amazing amazing and frank my last question to you uh, and this is again from the perspective of gaming developers uh, i believe the, there are developers in virtually every country of the world where are you seeing the maximum amount of you know development happening on mm. the top three or four countries well um the, the, the thing which, if I'm taking specifically VR, that's more my field, mm -hmm. this is clearly coming from Asia mm -hmm. and the USA. Um, now, to do development on gaming, you don't need more skills than pure other development. Maybe for us, we need Unreal, uh, mm -hmm. typically, or Unity capacities. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. So I'd say it's still there's a lot of traction from the US, for sure, mm -hmm. and Asia. But we're not importing easily what they're doing, of course, localization and so on. Mm. But there's a lot of competition um, in Eastern countries, mm. also India, where people have uh, normally good development skills and software skills, mm. which makes sense. Now, one of the most uh, popular game in, uh, in VR we're using now is called Arizona Sunshine. It's being used by Vertigo Games, in, uh, and they are in Holland. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people in the UK as well. So, and of course, Ubisoft in uh, in France can't be discarded. So, mm. I think Europe is not far behind in terms of um, creativity. The same way they are in um, 3D animation, for instance. The same thing. You don't need to be located in the US or in Asia to be successful there. Amazing. So, I've got time for one more question, and I'm not sure if this is a right question or a wrong question. But when you start talking of gaming, uh, 
do you see cultural issues coming in when it comes to which cultures will play what kind of games or is it just across uh, age groups only well it's uh, it's actually another good point if i'm thinking of all the experiences i had myself i'm thinking more this time pc gaming or uh, ipad gaming for instance mm. uh, there is a, a huge community across the world and to be honest <laughs> I've been in touch with people from Korea and Germany and the USA, which are friends now um, in different social networks, even yeah. though the game is obsolete. Mm. So for me, it's more getting people together more than uh, more than than separation, separating them. Let's say um, make uh, you know <laughs> do games, not war. That would be the next motto. Then I agree with you completely. Wonderful. So on that note, Frank, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about Second World, about virtual reality, about gaming and the metaverse. Thank you again. You're so welcome. Time. Thanks for insightful question. That was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.